Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 310 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Today we are talking about migraines and headaches, which I'm actually kind of shocked that we've gotten this far without doing a full episode because it's just such a common complaint. Um, from the occasional headache to the monthly hormonal migraine to more severe and frequent debilitating migraines. This is definitely something we see a lot in clinic and we also have a great deal of success with clinically. In fact, it ends up being a side effect often of our 10-day detox or our keto program that people tell us, oh, I was having these headaches. I didn't even report that (laughs) and they're gone. Totally. Um, So today we'll cover a lot of the common causes of headaches and migraines, as well as solutions from detox to eliminating certain foods from the diet to supplementation and what to take at the onset of the headache and beyond. Yes. I think as we will learn with today's episode, maybe one of the reasons that we have not done this yet is that there's so much of an individualized approach. Yes. So for some individuals, we're going to be really focused on that HPA access and getting them into a parasympathetic, mellowed out brain space so that they get more neurotransmitter balance or at least less of those excitatory, more pro-inflammatory neurotransmitters and more of the mellower outers like GABA and serotonin expression. Um, For others, we'll see a huge microbiome connection. And then as you mentioned, maybe inflammatory foods and sensitivities, severe adrenal fatigue uh, when we don't have ample cortisol production. All of these things can contribute. But I do know in today's show, we will absolutely lead you to an aha moment of a couple tools that you can add to your tool belt to move your journey to be also migraine and headache free. Yes. All right. Before we do that, quick update from us. Our Smoothie and Shake ebook is now available. This has actually been out for a little while. We put it together um, because we were doing a smoothie series over on YouTube, which I will also link. Uh, But we thought, what better thing to have than like this, you know, little ebook of just smoothies and shakes all in one place. So you don't have to go to the blog and to the meal plan and to all of the other places. Um, And so we've pulled together smoothies and shakes from like way back in the day from the first cookbook, Naturally Nourished, pulled some from our keto program that are favorites, kind of honed them in and and made sure they still fit, you know, our our macro guidelines and whatnot. Um, And it ended up being 21, I believe, um, smoothie and shake recipes from like simple and chocolatey to berry forward to bright tropical and so much more. Getting in some of those green smoothies, of course, as well as ones that work for all members of the household. So uh, definitely go on over and check that out. Everyone loves the cherry nirvana smoothie. We had to throw that one in there, of course. Uh, We have the rehydrating beet smoothie in here, a razzle green avocado smoothie. But yeah, like Becky said, just a one-stop shop. It's only $1.99 and it includes information on benefits of grass-fed whey, how to build a balanced beverage, the differences of shakes and smoothies, the 21 recipes, and then keto and low-carb options. So this would be a really great thing to maybe pass on over to a new college student or someone that's moved into their first dorm or apartment. Uh, as a great survival guide to ensure that they have a nourishing meal that they can whip up in a bullet or a blender and ensure that they're hitting all of their food as medicine goals to start the day off right or even end it strong. Um, so go on over to AllieMillerRD.com for just $1.99. You can get under the books and programs tab, shakes and smoothies ebook. All right. And then a last call for savings on our Beat the Bloat program as an archive, um, we're giving you $10 off through the end of this week. Um, There's been such high demand and really good feedback from this program. So we did this live um, earlier this year and yes, yes, um, decided to just archive it. So it would be available as kind of the most up-to-date resource 
on Beat the Bloat because prior all we had was an ebook, which it's a fabulous ebook, but it's nice to have someone kind of walk you through and explain it. And Allie and I do that in three classes. So there's a class intended to go at the very beginning, kind of prior to starting as you're gathering your tools and assessing for, you know, the level of dysbiosis and whatnot. And then a midpoint check-in of, um, you know, at three to four weeks intended to to be, but you can watch these at your own pace and kind of go at, at, you know, any pace that you see fit. Um, But a midpoint check-in to make sure that we're clearing that dysbiosis. We're seeing, you know, an improvement in our probiotic challenge, or maybe there are signs we need to go a little bit longer. And we go through so many scenarios of troubleshooting uh, in the program. From bowel formation to daily movements to ensuring that if you're dealing with headaches or die-off symptoms, how to manage those, uh, Herxheimer reactions that we can get at times from a gut cleanse. Uh, So that second class is really about troubleshooting your results and understanding if you are ready to progress into the bacteria rebuild post-cleanse, kind of repollinating the gut with the good gut flora, or if you have to go a little bit harder and maybe layer in our GI reset or bring in more biofilm busters and such. So the Beat the Bloat program is generally at $29.99, but you can get $10 off through the end of this week using the code BTB10 for Beat the Bloat 10. And that will bring that to less than $20, including those three hour plus long classes, as well as the most updated ebook with the protocol. And this has really been a big demand after we did our episode two weeks back on long haul updates, where we were talking about the influence of viral infection and the long-term or longer standing changes that we see in dysbiosis in the microbiome and how this is a huge hypothesis of driving some of the chronic fatigue syndrome and or autoimmune activity, malaise, muscle aches, brain fog that we're seeing post-viral infection because even in individuals that have tested negative after testing positive, they had prolonged effects of dysbiosis from that viral infection. And so the goal with using this in a role of immune support as well as lymphatic support and really helping the body to really push that reboot or reset program after we've had infection would be to do this beat the bloat cleanse where you can plow the microbiome and then strategically reseed in an optimized balanced state. And really good concept to do as we're going into the fall, as we're re-entering into another cold viral flu season, we know that the gut-associated lymphatic tissue or the flora that resides along our gut plays such a huge role on our immune defense, both the innate and adaptive immune process. So uh, really good housekeeping, if you will, um, to reset your microbiome, ensure that you're going into the fall with the most robust immune response, and you might also see some success in weight loss and as it's named, bloating. Uh, So as you're going into holiday seasons and maybe more social gatherings and such, a really great way to just kind of also put yourself back in the driver's seat of your vehicle, of your body, and feel amazing and commit to six weeks of clean paleo food as medicine approaches that also aid in microbiome balance. Yes. And you get lifetime access with that purchase. So you'll own the program for the lifetime of our website, which we hope is a good long time. Um, and you also get that um, ebook protocol if you're more of like, I need it in writing yes. as well to kind of follow along. Um, includes meal plans uh, and some bonus recipes and everything that you're going to need. Awesome. So that's over at AllieMillerRD.com. Check out the Beat the Bloat program, which has those classes and the ebook. And it would be very timely for those that are migraine or headache sufferers because we often think of excessive histamine that will be seen in individuals that have dysbiotic flora. So this is a great way, again, to kind of push that reset button for metabolic health, inflammatory response, and immune, as well as, of course, digestion. Yes. All right. Last but not least, this episode is sponsored by Fond Bone Broth. And we just happen to be sipping on some Fond right now. We are. (laughs) So yes, uh, we truly love bone broth, but we know that our friends over at Fond do it so right. They really create the most delicious synergistic blends of bone broth, both in cage-free chicken as well as grass-fed beef. And we love that they're even moving to a regenerative agricultural model 
model. Um, so all of their sourcing from the organic farms that they partner with to their meats that they're using in the bones for the bone broth, um, all the way through the well water that they use, which is daily tested for its minerals and excellence. Um, all of the ingredients going into Fawn Bone Broth is going to be truly the most high quality that's available and they not only make the most nourishing blends but they make these synergies of flavor profiles that are just really enjoyable to sip on um, even in the heat of summer as we're talking in september i know it's technically fall but still feels like summer in texas uh, we can enjoy sipping a mug of bone broth that we heat up i'm doing the beet poblano uh which is fabulous and becky's doing the spring clean mm-hmm. which is the like lemon, lemon yeah. ra- radish yep. um i love that one that one's my favorite kind of sous chef in a jar that i'll use to deglaze pans of greens um or aid in uh, sauces. A couple nights ago, I used the Nopalito broth in uh, refried black beans. That's my favorite little trick there where I'll just take a really quick, easy onion and garlic, saute those down with a little bit of olive oil, throw in my black beans, and then half a jar of Nopalitos and stems of cilantro. And then I blend that and put that in the oven, top it with some uh, fresh cheese and that's a really great side with my carnitas. So yummy. Yes. yes. And that's in our 12-week keto meal plan. If that recipe strikes your fancy, you yes. can get it there. Yes. So we love Fond. I go through at least five to seven jars a week myself. Um, I love to sip on a mug because I know that I'm getting 20 grams of protein with zero grams of carbs and I'm getting amino acids for whole body health. So that glycine to mellow out my mood. I'm getting glutamine to support gut integrity, which can often get destroyed during times of stress and then I'm even getting cysteine or that N-acetylcysteine to aid as an expectorant and thin out mucus and phlegm which is important for a podcasting voice like this da, yes. da, da. <laughs> uh, so go on over to fondbonebroth.com slash RD. when you go on over there you let them know that you heard about them through the Naturally Nourished podcast and you're also going to save on your order you can use the coupon code RD at checkout but go on over to fondbonebroth.com slash RD and check out all of their beautiful iconic glass jars that you'll want to save and reuse and all of their fabulous flavors. All right, let's kick things off just covering the different types of headaches because those who've dealt with headaches and migraines know they're not all created equal, right? Um, and the accompanying you know, symptoms, the pain level, even the location of of the headache or kind of how it starts can give us some valuable information about what's causing it and also how to treat it naturally. Yes, most definitely. So we'll start off with tension headaches. These are going to be the most common type of headache that we'll see among adults and teenagers. And tension headaches are often referred to as stress headaches. Uh, These can be chronic daily or chronic non-progressive. They can range from mild to moderate pain and they can come and go over time. But typically one of the trends is going to be stress. Uh, And we can also see that exacerbated from those that are going to be grinding their teeth or holding tension in the jaw during sleep times. Uh, The next would be cluster headaches. And these are going to be the most severe but the least common type. The pain is going to be quite intense and can feel like burning or piercing often behind the eyes. Cluster headaches will occur in groups over a period of time lasting from a couple of weeks to a couple of months and then they may go away for months or years and then come back. But when they come back on, they're often coming in clusters and at a very high intensity. We have sinus headaches. So these are going to be often pain in the cheeks and the forehead and the bridge of the nose. Um, There could be burning in the eyes because often we'll see this during times of an allergic type response or seasonal allergy. We can see sinusitis or inflammation of the sinus glands, which can also drive other symptoms that would accompany like runny nose, fever, pressure in the ears, uh, facial swelling, and um, burning eyes. I think I already mentioned that. Um, There are migraines, of course. We will go through solutions for all of these, but we're just kind of setting the tone. Uh, Migraine headaches are going to be those that would last for a few hours or even upwards of a few days and can incur uh, in one or more times a month. 
They often are going to have other symptoms, including sensitivity to light, um, noise or smells, nausea or vomiting, loss of appetite, an upset belly or um, stomach um, and or stomach pains. Um, a child experiencing a migraine might turn pale, feel dizzy, have blurred vision, um, and may have a fever as well as an upset stomach. And often we'll talk about these ocular migraines, which will also, beyond having that sensitivity to light, um, will have visual field mm-hmm. influence as well. Sure. Um, and so overall, a migraine is going to be a neuroinflammatory disorder. Um, it's going to be instigated by our COX-2 and nitric oxide synthase or INOS um, enzyme pathways. And these enzymes are going to contribute to neurogenic pain and inflammation in the central nervous system. And honestly, we'll even look at these COX-2 pathways and INOS um, pathways when we're looking at tension headaches or sure. any form of intracranial inflammation or basically inflammation in the head yeah. because we're looking at that connection of the neurological central nervous nervous system pain sensation as well as inflammatory expression yes so even though there are these different types there's a lot in common i think and and certainly in terms of how we treat them um let's just cover some of the most common causes of headaches and migraines Sure. So in general, headaches are going to occur based on a combination of nerve signals sent from the blood vessels and muscles to the head. Um, And so we can see them as far as electrolytes would be impacting because we know electrolytes send these electrical currents or signals to our neuromuscular system. So I think of dehydration as a big one. And we could see this exacerbated, of course, by alcohol consumption Mm -hmm. or exercising in the heat, um, high risk factors of more severe dehydration, but some run at a chronic level of dehydration. So that'd be a a big thing to troubleshoot. Uh, Illness, uh, so a infection uh, of the sinuses or having higher amounts of mucus or phlegm in that um, space of the sinus glands. So even a cold can drive headache because you're creating compression or um, you're basically filling up some of the cavity there that's going to create more tension in that neuromuscular space. Stress itself, especially when we have uh, low serotonin levels or high cortisol levels. So that's where the world of adrenals and HPA access would be a big piece of the puzzle. Um, Eye strain, um, so those that are exposed to blue light for a long period of time. We saw this a lot in early impact of pandemic from individuals that went, you know, from eight to 10 hour days of screen time after they were having more in-person meetings and maybe just looking at a projector, the difference of the amount of, of blue light direct at their laptop or students going from books to more screen time. Um, and then especially if they're doing video games in the mm-hmm. evenings and such or social on their screens. Uh, back and neck strain. Um, so also seeing alignment being off. Um, this could be, uh, and we'll talk about chiropractic and acupuncture as treatment modalities, but this could be misalignment even with a different length of our uh, legs, which could impact our entire spinal and then upper atlas area by our um, cranial area. And then we're looking at um, elements of exercise or computer work, tightness in the chest, Mm -hmm. or even that TMJ driving that strain and imbalance in the body. And then there's environmental factors. So these could be toxins like pollutants, um, smoke, chemical exposure, as well as, of course, um, in the world of diet food sensitivities. So these could be inflammatory foods or ingredients that are known to drive migraines. I mentioned high histamine, um, but we know that food can play upwards of 40% as a cause factor of migraines. So we tend to identify tyramine or phenylethylalamine. Um, These are two compounds that are implicated in migraine headaches. Um, Phenylethylalamine is one that can have an effect on the central nervous system and um, it can uh, be found in those foods that are more aged. Um, So this is going to be like aged cheeses and wines and chocolate. And then tyramine would also be found in more fermented aged foods. Um, We can see tyramine causing also migraines, wheezing in the upper respiratory tract, 
and even hyperactivity. Um, this would be also in aged wines, um, vinegars. We see fava beans or broad beans, aged cheeses, liver as a source that would be high in tyramine, and then smoked meats or canned fish, for example, as well as cured meats to be more of that tyramine world. Um, and then I mentioned chocolate as a big known from the influence of the phenylethylalanine. Um, and then also we look at caffeinated beverages and teas, aspartame and non-caloric sweeteners, nitrites, uh, so those cured meats, but also just the nitrites themselves. So this could be an even dried uh, fruits that are non-organic. Uh, and then we see MSG and quote-unquote natural flavors. Once you've eliminated all of those and you're eating a clean diet, we can still see that single food ingredients that might be health supporting, you know, so maybe in some of these cases you're eating a raw aged cheddar cheese. Maybe you did pull that out for the tyramine, but you're still consuming foods that would otherwise be anti-inflammatory like blueberries or salmon or kale and someone's superfood can be someone else's kryptonite. And this is where we're looking at that individualized approach of an inflammatory food driven by your immune system um, and this is where really the MRT test was truly developed yes the yep. Oxford uh, biomed MRT test is the food sensitivity panel that we run uh, we will put a link to two different YouTube videos one that shows me navigating my personal test results as well as one where we compare Alcat and other food sensitivity panels on the market to the MRT test and when we're looking at migraines the importance is, is that the MRT looks at what's driving the inflammatory chemical release measured by the volume of inflammatory chemicals that your immune system puts out in your vials of blood. So they're actually testing for the cytokines, the interleukins, these inflammatory warfare of the immune system, which would drive that migraine or headache expression. Yes, and that's always the go-to in clinic. I think, you know, once I've gotten someone to kind of clean up the diet, maybe we've brought in a few baseline supplements and they're seeing a reduction in headaches, but not fully going away. I always lead with MRT and more often than not, we find something that they were eating every single day that when they pull it out, sure enough, they're feeling a whole heck of a lot better. Yes. So definitely that's a big one to consider for yourself or household members if we've tried these basic inflammatory food groups and we're still not getting those outcomes. It, it works in a yellow, green, red system of green being non-reactive and even that has a different range, yellow being mildly reactive and red being severely. We remove the red foods for six months, the yellow foods for three months. Um, and then even of the less reactive, we do an immunocom protocol, which really rings out the inflammatory expression and yields fabulous outcomes. So great place to start there. We do see genetic tendencies in um, the world of migraines and headaches. But with that being said, again, I really think that starting with individualized testing is going to be one of the best ways to get to that root cause. Sure. Um, we think of hormones as another area of um, an, an investigative place to go, especially if we're seeing that headaches are going to be trending at times of ovulation for women or a start of a menstrual cycle or migraines during pregnancy, we will often see more of a trend of a headache with lower progesterone levels. And we know that progesterone levels decline with chronic stress, so there's definitely a chicken and egg relationship there. Uh, we do see great outcomes though using bioidentical progesterone in individuals that have tested to have low levels of progesterone and um, I would use our uh, neurohormone panel for those individuals that see more cyclical trends. So we'll link that panel as well. Um, overall, high inflammation. So when CRP levels are up and our body is in a state of inflammation, we're going to see more inflammatory response in that central nervous system, hence more headaches and migraines. So we'll talk about anti-inflammatory diet and supplement strategy today. Sleep um, and lack of sleep, especially again, if hit with the blue light, is going to be further exacerbated. Uh, there are medications that can drive migraines, especially um, those that are going to impact hormones like birth control or blood pressure medications can drive headaches, um, often especially if they're throwing off electrolytes. 
and then nutrient deficiencies themselves. So some of the highlighted nutrients that we're looking at here are going to be in the antioxidant family. So we're looking at glutathione, for instance, and vitamin C. Uh, we've seen in clinical studies double-blind trials on vitamin C dosage, uh, um, dosage of reducing headache frequency. Um, so this is a really good antioxidant. And then those bioflavonoids, especially in our BioC+, would be something stronger to consider because they can bring down that histamine, which would be a big driver of the sinusitis or the inflammatory seasonal headaches. If we're seeing uh, trends in season of allergen, that would be a big push for the BioC+. Um, we also are looking at B vitamins playing a big role because they play a role with our methylation. Like we know that levels of folate, especially in those that are MTHFR um, and have issues with methylation, that's why all of our supplements in our line are going to have that methylated B vitamin, whether it's the nature folate, which has a blend of a methylated form as well as folinic acid, uh, or if we're looking at that 5-methyl tetrahydrofolate, all of our forms from our uh, our prenatal to our multi-defense to our multi-avail kids, multi-avail mama is the prenatal in our line. Um, they're all going to ensure that they don't have that folic acid, which could drive headaches for individuals that are that MTHFR and have issues methylating. Sure. Um, and then magnesium, I think is another really big one, which we'll talk about that as, as a solution, but magnesium deficiency, we talk all the time about how common that is. Um, and we can see that that can cause a lot of like spastic activity um, yes. in the brain space. It can cause a lot of intracranial pressure buildup if we have low levels of magnesium. And, you know, just bringing in magnesium oftentimes is a great solution. Absolutely. And that's what's going to help with that neuromuscular release mm -hmm. of that tension. And so the relax and regulate would be a big choice there. We'll go through a migraine protocol at the end. Uh, we see deficiency trends of B vitamins beyond the folate and the B12. Um, we know that they play a role with regulating that nitric oxide. Uh, we know also that B2, uh, specifically riboflavin, has been shown in many studies or highlighted um, as effective migraine prevention. So adding on a B-complex to your quality multivitamin would be another good comprehensive approach because then you're also going to get the niacin, which aids in dilating blood vessels and increases serotonin levels, that B12, which is going to aid in scavenging nitric oxide. Um, and then we're also going to get another boost of that folate. Yes. And that B2, I'm seeing more and more neurologists who are treating migraines actually, yes. you know, prescribing that. So that's a good step in the right direction that we're recognizing a nutrient deficiency could yes. be, you know, having a causal role. So often because headaches can be debilitating and interfere with quality of life and of course work and parenting and all of the things we are quick to just reach for anything that will quill or reduce the pain so that we can be functional people. Um, and that makes great sense, but it's really important to identify that most of the go-tos, whether they're NSAIDs or they're Excedrin, um, you know, for migraine, for instance, we're going to see side effects of these over-the-counters and they are really just suppressing the inflammatory response, not resolving. So we don't want to band-aid a micronutrient deficiency, for instance, that could be telling us um, something's imbalanced in the body. And if we replete that deficiency, we'll also prevent other undesired symptoms sure. uh, you know we're always trying to get to that root cause um, when we're looking at the over-the-counters we know you know NSAIDs including ibuprofen Aleve any of these non-steroidal anti-inflammatories have quite severe impact on the gut in fact it'll note side effect of gastric bleeding or damage we know they're also harsh on the liver we know that the excedrin which is a combination of acetaminophen uh, as well as aspirin which is an NSAID and caffeine you know you're getting that NSAID gut hit the acetaminophen uh, much more harsh on the liver and then we also know that that inhibits glutathione levels right. which I just mentioned earlier that antioxidants antioxidant deficiency, glutathione being the master antioxidant, can be a driver of headaches. So that's kind of counterintuitive there to reduce such a master antioxidant uh, with the pain alleviation. Uh, we see sleep aids and anti-anxiety or antidepressant medications being prescribed for migraines. We see calcium channel blockers and then even anti-seizure medications to control nerve signals. But none of them come with resolve and all of them 
come with their own side effects. Sure. And I think until you really dig into it, like people don't realize how often they're taking the Advil or reaching yes. for the Excedrin. And that's always something clinically I dive into. I'm like, okay, any over-the-counters you take, you know, more than once a week. And they're like, well, let me count how many times I had to use Excedrin this yes. month. And um, oftentimes I will have clients do like a headache or migraine journal um, because again there can be so many different diverse root causes and and triggers that are so individual Um, and I think this can be a really helpful way you know as we're working with some of the upstream solutions and, and bringing in some supplementation that we'll talk about in a moment also just keeping track of when these headaches or migraines are occurring. Um, so like keeping, you know, a food journal. Yes. Um, once we've talked through and eliminated, you know, all of the food triggers that we've mentioned, seeing if there are other foods that, you know, have a, a correlation um, like caffeine or chocolate that you're like, oh, sure. every time. Um, looking at like, where was I when the headache started? So was I around bright lights um, or loud noises? A lot of people um, who have to go to like, big conferences or work in office spaces where they're under like, you know, mm-hmm. intensive lighting all day um, will experience migraines. And and so light exposure, excessive blue light, artificial light, or even glare from the sun. You know, we talk about trying to get uh, natural sunlight, but if you're going to be in the sun all day, you probably do want some sun protection for your eyes. Sure. We could also consider caffeine intake. Did we have caffeine? Did we not? Uh, how our sleep was, uh, depth and quality of sleep, and amount of hours or time even, looking at kind of that circadian rhythm impacting headaches, assessing stress levels. I had a client that literally had almost a debilitating migraine come on every Friday. Mm. So it was like they pushed so hard, on, and it was absolutely high-stress individual, and they would push so hard to kind of survive their work week, and they'd get so frustrated. It was like they would they would – subconsciously give their body permission to shut down but then that friday was the time that they would want to be with their children and or their spouse and they'd always have to kind of just retreat and shut down Um, and it took a lot of work on adrenals and neurotransmitters so this individual had super super suppressed end-stage adrenal Mm -hmm. fatigue and we had to work with our adrenal support so the adrenal support glandular which is giving that bovine adrenal gland concentrate to support cortisol levels to get her online and not have that kind of fly on the wall crash every week perpetuating but then also you know that does have a good dose of our b6 in there which aids as a cofactor for our neurotransmitters also pantothenate or b5 in there and then we're getting a good dose of that riboflavin that b2 which again has been shown in many clinical trials for migraines so stress levels and looking at adrenal insufficiency is huge and we really actually worked with adjusting her dosage to level up as the week went on so she had more pillars of support um, and that really helped to shift that 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 trend that we were seeing Um, and also of course calm and clear calm and clear calm and clear to keep the parasympathetic system swinging back into balance from that fight or flight mode Um, hydration is worth considering of course in the world of electrolytes Uh, weather changes, especially when we're thinking of, again, seasonal allergies uh, and checking out the pollen forecast or mold. Uh, So I mentioned Bio-C Plus for those individuals, but also that's where I'd really strongly consider that cellular antiox, which has really been the superstar of viral uh, prevention and a good tool for infection with virus. But we think of the N-acetylcysteine and the glutathione also as big players if there's mold toxicity as well as um, really supporting regulation of histamine in the body and um, with aiding and again that powerful antioxidant capacity to reduce that oxidative stress while reducing mucus phlegm um, so that buildup and congestion can be alleviated with that cellular antiox as well yep Um, and then i would add to that list where are you in your menstrual cycle so like putting a little x on days where you do have headache symptoms and more often than not women will come back and be like you're right it's like day you know one and two of my cycle every single month and then we know hey there's a hormonal trigger here and you know let's dive deeper do that neurohormone complete plus panel more often than not they're low progesterone and you know within a month of intervening with bioidenticals that trend tends to go away totally totally 
All right. So I think that's a great place to start just to kind of narrow things down as, again, the causes can be really broad. Um, Let's cover just some diet and kind of general lifestyle strategy for reducing headaches and migraines first before we get into uh, drilled down kind of supplement solutions. Okay. So eating a food as medicine based anti-inflammatory high antioxidant diet is going to be key. Um, But we're also looking at carb control, maybe not surprising to you listeners. So when we're looking at um, the food as medicine approach, we already kind of mentioned the worlds of things to avoid. Um, And so we're looking at things to avoid in the space of those aged fermented uh, foods like the wines, cheeses, chocolates. Uh, We're looking at those histamine, um, which would be like the canned meats as well as the nitrites. So kind of the big categories of avoidance. But we also need to watch out for excessive refined sugars um, because we know that hyperglycemia or blood sugar spike uh, can create also an influence of uh, headache response, especially those that are susceptible to dysglycemia and hypoglycemia where blood sugar crashes. This is where often following a blood sugar spike, we can see a more dynamic um, response of like that shakiness, dizziness, or headache. Um, But to take that even further, the use of a ketogenic diet could be a great tool to harness your headaches or reduce the excitability response of our neurotransmitter system. If you think of the mechanism of the ketogenic diet in epilepsy, you know, we know that ketones cross the blood-brain barrier. And so in that mechanism of reducing that excitatory response that would drive seizure, we also see those ketones when they cross the blood-brain barrier to have neurologically calming activity for inflammation in the brain. And we know that ketones as a fuel source generate less reactive oxygen species or are less inflammatory in the brain. And this is why we also lean towards ketosis for cognitive um, focus and brain health in general or preventing um, neurological disorders or aiding in neurogenesis. Um, So these same types of mechanisms, we've actually seen that a group of Italian researchers were interested in the ketogenic diet and they used Uh, two twin sisters. Uh, They reported a significant reduction in the frequency and severity of migraines after implementing the ketogenic diet. Um, The subjects kept uh, journals and they experienced five to six attacks a month um, of severe throbbing headaches, um, upwards of 72 hours of duration. And um, in both cases, they saw a remission of migraines that coincided with the ketogenic diet. Um, and then the headaches would actually then return in periods of the diet where they'd go to a higher or normal carbohydrate consumption. Um, and then those same researchers actually took that because that was just kind of a case study yes. of, of two, um, took that same diet and implemented it in 96 overweight female migraine sufferers. Um, and in the intervention group, they had 45 of them following a very low calorie keto diet for one month. Then they went back to a standard high-carb, low-calorie diet, which is kind of interesting. So when they were following the ketogenic diet at baseline, they were looking at 2.9 or almost 3 migraines per month or 5 days per month with a migraine um, and taking 5 doses doses of medication per month. After one month on the diet, this was reduced to 0.71, so less than 1 migraine per month. 0.91 or less than one day of having a migraine per month and 0.5 days of having to take uh, medication. So pretty significant in only a month. Yeah. So one month of ketogenic diet reduced their migraine frequency by three and their medication need by almost 10. Yep. That's quite remarkable. So, and and then again, these were overweight females that also lost weight. (laughs) So there's a whole myriad of benefits. Not only did many of them probably shift from pre-diabetic or diabetic to remist, um, you know, remission of diabetes or being in a balanced blood sugar state, the migraine activity was super influential. And that's why we really think of ketones as like a super fuel for the brain. Um, you know, again, making less of an inflammatory response and also calming on the neurotransmitter activity. Um, taking that further, when you're doing a food as medicine approach to a ketogenic diet, you're also gluten-free. Um, and we've seen individuals that have gluten sensitivity, even beyond those that are celiac, to often have headache as a response to that inflammatory 
inflammatory response to gluten. So another thing to layer in or at least maintain and then kind of play with your carb flexibility. And then I would definitely call to action the world of high phyto compounds so getting in that variety of fresh fruits and vegetables uh, for the antioxidants uh, also that vitamin c from the produce omega-3 fatty acids in our wild caught fish would be a good food as medicine add-in but i would say avoid the canned versions to try to do those flash frozen options so that you're not getting the histamine in the beginning to rule that out and then getting in those two to three cups of leafy greens for our magnesium goals and ensuring we are getting ample protein, but again, for more of like a fresh, not aged source. Yep. Sounds a lot like our approach to keto, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> so yes, if you need to know what that's all about, that would be our 12-week food is medicine ketosis program. Uh, you can check that out at AllieMillerRD.com. But also, if you're interested in what we were talking about earlier in this show um, with the Beat the Bloat program, and you think you also have something off in your digestion, that would be a great place to start because you are going to go to 60 grams of carbs, which would be a pretty entry right. um, stepping stone for those that are new to the world of the ketogenic diet. And then you could kind of layer on our 12-week keto following that. Totally. Um, And then managing stress and making sure that you're getting enough sleep, I think, is huge here. Um, So we see that, you know, lack of sleep can definitely be a huge trigger of migraine. Mm -hmm. Stress, as you mentioned, can be a big trigger as well. Yes. And we have seen a study in the Journal of Neurology that found a daily dose of three milligrams of melatonin actually helped to reduce the frequency of migraines. So those that are doing more blue light, definitely I'd recommend the sleep support in our line, which is going to have three milligrams of melatonin in just the two tablet, which is the dosage per evening. There's also nervines or calming nerve uh, herbs in there that help as a mild sedative to mellow out that fight or flight stress response and really get into that deep qualitative sleep. Um, But we've seen again in that journal of neurology that the three milligram dosage of melatonin reduced the frequency of migraines. And um, we saw that individuals reported experiencing at least 50% fewer migraine attacks when using that daily dosage of melatonin. And remember, melatonin is an antioxidant itself, and it also aids in estrogen metabolism. So that could be even more of a fit for a perimenopausal female or a woman that is dealing with potential estrogen dominance. Yep. Um, And then staying well hydrated, bringing in some electrolyte support. We just did a podcast, episode 304, all about electrolytes. That would be a really good one to go back and take a look at. Um, But the National Hospital for Neurology and Neurosurgery has concluded that there is indeed a water deprivation headache, right? And we see like literally your brain tissue can shrink when we're dehydrated. And we talk about that like in our hangover prevention episode for sure. Um, So making sure that you are following our rule of half your body weight in fluid ounces per water and per day um, and making sure that we're adding in some form of electrolyte support, whether it's Redmond real salt pinched into water or licked from the palm of your hand or salt rock, um, and then maybe layering on our electrolyte limeade, which includes a scoop of our relax and regulate. Even more so with that, absolutely getting that magnesium bisglycinate would be a a huge hit. Uh, And then we mentioned structural. So to focus on structural, we have seen some great studies out there that demonstrate support from chiropractic care. Um, One study looked at 22% of individuals who received chiropractic manipulation reported more than a 90% reduction in headaches. Um, If you have structural uh, imbalance that is impeding or impinging a nerve, that's going to create inflammation in the central nervous system. Um, So that would be a big thing to consider. Uh, Chiropractic adjustments or spinal manipulation, and especially probably someone that works in that upper atlas area if we're dealing with the migraines and headaches. Uh, Acupuncture would be another thing to consider. Uh, This is, of course, a traditional Chinese medicine remedy and um, can play a big role in balancing out the body's energy, uh, stress reduction, and uh, a tool for chronic pain. And then movement and stretching, something you could do on your own, would be huge as well. There was a 12-month program in uh, Finland that resulted in a 69% reduction of decrease of headache frequency and symptom intensity of um, individuals that um, 
engaged in a stretching program. Um, and so this would be really great to just release that neuromuscular tension and just starting with maybe some sun salutations and yoga, kind of opening that front chest or stretching the arms or moving the neck around and creating more of that mobility. You know, lo- motion is lotion. Um, so getting more of that movement is going to aid in lubrication of that neuromuscular system. Yes. So maybe doing some foam rolling or um, doing the old tennis ball trick where you put the tennis ball against the wall um, and kind of work into like tight spots in that neck and shoulder area. Yeah. Fascia uh, release would be a really big key because we know that's where we hold a lot of trauma and tension and that that's what can perpetuate that inflammatory response. Totally. Um, And then supporting detox. I think this is huge. And again, like individuals who participate in our detox often will know as just a pleasant side effect that, hey, I'm not having headaches anymore. And I think, you know, toxic burden is often an overlooked cause of headaches when we've like filled up our bucket with inflammatory foods and histamine and all of the things. And then we add, you know, environmental um, toxicity on top of that. So doing the detox as kind of a quarterly Oil change would be a fabulous tool because it's also going to pull out, you know, that uh, potential for inflammatory foods. Um, It's going to layer in, of course, some detox support, high antioxidant that we've talked about um, and really beneficial in the headache population for sure. And then I think Epsom salt baths is like a layer of that um, if you are doing the detox or not, um, but just getting magnesium um, in, in like a you know, transdermal way in addition to supplemental and and in the diet can be really supportive. Yes. And then while you're in your magnesium bath soak, using either a hot or cold compress could be something to consider. And so we've seen in studies that actually both hot and or cold can work for individuals. It's just kind of more of a preference to their response. Generally, when I think of inflammation, I go for cold. Um, And so that's usually what I would think of as like cucumbers on the eyes, especially if having ocular or using maybe even a eye pillow that also has, um, that you could put in the freezer and and then maybe though it also has like lavender in Mm -hmm. there. So then you're also getting some of that essential oil response. Um, We have seen that those can be used also in like a diffuser. So I'm kind of thinking you're creating a nice spa environment now. Um, But lavender oil is commonly used as a mood stabilizer and sedative. So it is a more nervine, relaxing compound. And it has been shown in research to be a safe and effective treatment for migraines. Yeah. And then um, we've also seen um, studies actually with lavender inhaled for 15 minutes. That would be, you know, in your diffuser probably is the most pleasant way to experience that. Um, 47 participants were asked to record the impact of that every half hour for two hours. And out of 129 that were having headaches, 92 responded favorably in terms of reduction of headache pain uh, with the lavender. And then peppermint's always been my go-to. I always would have like a roller of of peppermint um, next to my bedside. It reminds me of that mall. That mall store. It was like Bed Bath & Beyond or something. Or they had like the like mint for headache roller. I know. (laughs) Who knows what else was in it? Fragrance Um, can drive migraines, by the way. Yes, yes. But like real deal (laughs) peppermint oil, um, doing that in like a little uh, roller with a carrier oil and applying that like to the temples and even to kind of behind the ears and the neck. Um, One study did show that peppermint oil in combination with ethanol, which was just the carrier, um, reduced headache sensitivity. Yes. And the peppermint itself does drive a significant increase in blood flow. Um, So that's where it can soothe the muscle contractions as a big mechanism. So, okay, we're doing a spa. Yes. (laughs) We have the Epsom salt bath. We have the compresses. We have some essential oils going here. Um, Other lifestyle considerations. And then let's kind of close out with supplement strategy. Yes. So limiting screen time and kind of checking in on, on just light exposure in general. Um, so if you're noticing migraines triggered from blue light, um, trying to, you know, add screen filters, as we've talked about, I can link the, um, vision episode that we did where we go pretty in depth on, um, ways to block blue light and some of the influences even on our neurotransmitters and on dopamine, um, and serotonin for sure. Um, but wearing blue blockers and then, you know, taking breaks from your screen, um, doing things off of your screen as frequently as possible. 
and then getting outside, which is kind of the antidote to that yes. blue light. The undoing. Yes. Yep. <laughs> all right. So I want to weave together a protocol for y'all uh, focusing on supplement and nutrient strategy for migraines and headaches. So the first one that I would highlight is going to be magnesium. You've heard us mention that a couple times already. And yes, you can focus on food as medicine with your leafy greens as well as your nuts and seeds. But magnesium will play a role with preventing the wave of brain signaling called cortical spreading depression. And this produces the visual and sensory changes that are common when we're experiencing a headache, especially a migraine. So a dosage of 200 to 600 milligrams of magnesium a day can reduce the frequency of headache attacks. And um, we've seen many clinical trials looking at the, the importance of magnesium. Now, when you're selecting your form, you wanna make sure that you have a bioavailable form of magnesium, not like a cheapo magnesium citrate or oxide that's put there on the market to just really break up the bowels and drive loose stools. You want magnesium bisglycinate. This is your neuromuscularly available form, and this is gonna be the most important go-to for your headache because glycine itself, independent of magnesium, is also going to have neuromuscular release response and aid with headaches and um, that tension in the brain. So one scoop of Relax and Regulate is already getting you that 200 milligrams of magnesium bisglycinate. Um, I would say for headache sufferers, I would start with two scoops. Um, this could be one and a half at bed and one mid-morning, or it could be two scoops at bed. Um, and definitely taking then a scoop of Relax and Regulate or two at an onset of a headache would be a good approach there. Yes, that was my go-to during first trimester when I yes. had some headaches, both with Noah and this time around because can't take high dose turmeric when you're pregnant Early, which would right. always be my yes <laughs> my go-to for super turmeric um as like that NSAID replacement but the magnesium really does help and then just like going and doing the things like the spa treatment right going and putting the cool compress on giving that 30 minutes to um kind of work its magic you likely are going to feel better yes and then if pregnant you can also up though with the b complex um and that's really important because often when we're talking about you know morning sickness we look at various b vitamin deficiencies with nausea and such and so this b2 that aids with uh, migraines is also going to be a really powerful player there um, and you're going to get again your whole suite of b vitamins so adding a b complex on top of the multivale mama or the multi defense with or without iron, which would be the daily multivitamin um, for others, uh, would be a great technique. Um, you can increase your omega-3 fatty acids, of course, at all ages, and that's my go-to for Stella. Uh, she's only had headaches during times of like a viral infection, and so I will go for that EPA DHA liquid and give her a couple extra teaspoons because we know that the omega-3 fatty acids can aid in reducing prostaglandins, cytokines, all of this inflammatory chemical warfare. And there's been research supporting the use of omega-3 fatty acids in management of headaches and migraines throughout various ages. And so there was actually a study that looked at use of omega-3s in adolescents, um, and they compared the frequency of headaches before the intervention of the study. And there was a significant reduction in headache frequency during fish oil treatment when compared to the placebo treatment. So you could go for either that two to three teaspoons of the EPA DHA liquid. Uh, we do provide on that bottle suggestions by weight of dosage, which could be used again from you know all the way of infancy through um, the elderly population. But if you're doing capsules and you want an easy go-to, uh, really we would do a baseline of three to four of the EPA DHA extra in individuals that deal with headaches or migraines. And then once their frequency reduces and it's more intermittent, they could hang at a, a base of two to three capsules daily. And you can push all the way up to six capsules at onset of a headache or a migraine. And so that's a good tool as an anti-inflammatory, unlike the ends which are going to drive that gastric bleeding. You're actually going to get more cardiovascular support with the higher omega-3 and that elasticity of vessels um, and no drama to the gut. In fact, we see omega-3s as very supportive in the world of inflammatory bowel disease. Yes, and then kind of bringing in more big guns, um, curcumin. So, yes. um, and we've actually seen studies combining curcumin along with omega-3 
fatty acids in terms of um, migraine prevention with results of significant reduced severity, duration, and frequency of headaches in this population. But super turmeric would always be my like go-to yes. um, replacement of an insect. And that's always what I tell my clients. I'm like, leave the Advil alone. Take two of these. Take the scoop of relax and regulate and go and do something that like mellows you out. And more often than not, that's going to kick it in the bud. Yes. And as we opened, you know, those two primary enzyme pathways, the COX-2 and the INOS are going to be the ones that are going to be modulated by high high dose curcuminoids. And we can see even more, again, beneficial impact when turmeric or curcuminoids are combined with omega-3s to really suppress or regulate that COX-2 and INOS genetic expression. Um, And that's what's going to kind of on a genetic level downregulate what drives that inflammatory chemical. Um, But what is also beautiful about the omega-3s and the curcumin is not only do they suppress that potential or that pathway, they also regulate then the aftermath of the inflammatory response. You're getting both that prevention as well as the active treatment, um, which I think is really powerful again and without the side effect. So your omega-3s would be again at that three to four day baseline during a symptomatic individual going up to six at time of actual headache. The super turmeric would kind of hang at like a a two to four as a baseline and then you would add two more again so going up to six with the super turmeric as well at onset of headache and then once you've done those two at that full dosage then I would consider potentially even the inflammazyme which has the proteolytic enzymes in there so that's going to break down tissue inflammation especially if there's someone that deals with structural imbalance Mm -hmm. like you know from your chiropractor that you have some misalignment or a bulging disc Um, uh, that would absolutely be someone that would be a high candidate to bring in that inflammazyme. Um, and this is taken without food, whereas the super turmeric and the EPA DHA can be taken with or without food. Um, the inflammazyme would be separated from food, and this would be um, taken like two twice daily as a baseline and then pumping that up to eight or 10. Um, and that's one that I really ramped up, like with the Omicron headache, migraine situation. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, really, I would lean first for most individuals on that super turmeric and the EPA DHA extra. Yep. And the inflammasome would be a good tool too if it's more of like a sinus headache. Yes. Um, yes. Because we know that those proteolytic enzymes can help to reduce swelling in the sinus area. And it's also got quercetin in it. Um, yep. So that would be fabulous in terms of uh, that whole world and even histamine, you know, mm-hmm. sufferers in general. Okay. And then on the herbal world, uh, we would look at feverfew and butterbur. These could be taken as tinctures. So like Herb Farm um, is a good brand out there that you can get at a natural grocery store. Uh, we have seen some good research on these two herbal compounds that have been used for decades or you know more centuries likely. Um, when we look at these two compounds, the feverfew um, is one that has been shown to reduce migraine attack frequency. Um, we saw a reduction with use of butterbur and feverview of uh, 48% by individuals that consumed 75 milligrams of the butterbur twice daily. And um, in the world of feverfew, there was a systematic review um, that looked at uh, feverfew effective in prevention of migraine headaches um, and not posing any safety concerns. So something you can layer in there, not as well-known mechanisms of action, I would say, but have been used kind of for a a wives' tale and um, probably do have some clinical efficacy as we've seen in studies. Totally. And I'm sure in combination with everything else we've talked about would be supportive as kind of a final layer. Uh, But hopefully we've given you guys some really good tools in your tool belt in terms of, you know, where to look, where to dig more in terms of your symptoms and um, duration of headaches and kind of doing that journal prompt exercise and then what to layer on in terms of diet, lifestyle, and supplementation. Yes. So again, if you're kind of looking at digging to the root cause and you've already tried some form of an elimination diet, definitely check out the MRT test, which we will link here, which will give you that really individualized approach to the inflammatory foods. Um, Of your supplement strategy, I would recommend for anyone that's suffering from headaches to go ahead and grab the anti-inflammatory bundle that we offer. Anytime we do a bundle of supplements, this is going to have savings locked in. So you're saving 12% off of all of these formulas. And this includes the super turmeric, 
the EPA DHA extra, which are absolutely foundational tools, and then that cellular antioxidant. And so these three powerful players plus a multivitamin and then having that relax and regulate as a scoop are probably going to be your primary tools. Um, and then again, you know, we mentioned the Bio-C+, the Inflamazyme, and those could be used kind of more seasonal allergy sufferers and, and uh, sinusitis or seasonal headache uh, sufferers. So go on over to AllieMillerRD.com uh, where you can find all of these, including the programs we discussed, plus any of the Naturally Nourished Supplement line. Um, maybe share a link with a friend or family member that you think this could be helpful for. And um, as always, we are grateful for the opportunity to bring you guys empowerment and information that can not just manage symptoms, but can truly resolve from the root cause. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.